Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, welcome to the moon. I am your host for this evening, Lawrence Ray, and today I am joined, as always, by my esteemed co-hosts, Ricardo Martinez and Jerry. And today we are interviewing the fantastic Paolo Arduino, uh, CTO of Bitfinex and CTO of Tether, uh, all around Bitcoiner. Um, so, yeah, essentially, uh, well, Paolo, uh, how, is, is that an okay introduction? Is there anything else you want to say? And how are you doing today? Well, thank you very much for having me today. And uh, I'm having a great day. Um, and uh, I'm really happy to talk to you uh, about Bitcoin, anything you want, uh, you know, uh, the industry, how it evolves and, and so on. So, Gotcha. No, that's cool. Um, well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'll, I'll start us off with a, a question that I like to usually kind of... Uh, just ask about uh, you know, people's earlier things they got up to in their lives, just to get a feel for like who you are and where you've come from. Um, and I saw that you were a self-taught developer at quite a young age, I believe. Um, and you were um, yeah, sort of interested in Bitcoin from basically from the get-go when you read the um, the white paper. I, I guess my 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 question is just kind of I was interested to see um, how. What, what, what it was that got you into Bitcoin, like when you first read it, what, what was that kind of stood out to you? Um, was it more a philosophical thing or was it more to do with the way that it was designed by Satoshi? Um, and what kind of piqued your interest and got you to work in, in it from quite an early on in, in its uh, infancy, I suppose? Yeah, so um, at the time when I was reading the, for the first time the uh, Bitcoin white paper, Actually, I was working in London in this, um, I created a fintech company called FinCluster in London. And our main job there, our um, the purpose of the company was to servicing um, hedge funds in the city. And uh, I had to deal all day with um, uh, reconciling numbers from different trading venues of these funds, or uh, different banks, uh, different uh, custodians, and so on. Now, um, at it was a complete waste of time because all those companies were using uh, such outdated technologies and was making my life almost impossible. So I was spending most of my time in, in doing that. Now, um, when I was reading the Bitcoin white paper, I thought, okay, this is actually the solution to all my problems because Bitcoin is all about consistency, right? Bitcoin is about uh, showing in a transparent way, in a transparent ledger, that old information uh, cannot be tampered with. Data has to be well formatted, right? <laughs> in finance, you have all this unclean data that you have to deal with and so on. So data is there, is consistent, is resilient. And so basically, this was the dream of, uh, of uh, my life because it was the solution to all my problems. I was thinking, okay, if now the, the entire world will move to that, uh, to that, um, um, to the blockchain concept, uh, things will be more easy to maintain, easier to scale, um, cheaper to maintain uh, as well. So unfortunately, I was looking at Bitcoin first from that angle. But right after, after you know, I, um, um, in, in, the, in the following months, I started thinking more about Bitcoin as currency. So how it could actually enable people to um, own their own money. Right, so how it would change lives, and uh, of course, I mean, I didn't have the knowledge, the vision, and that they have today. But I was thinking, okay, it is really, really, really a long shot, but there is really something here. Uh, 
people it's my, my also part of my um let's say uh, younger age and well till today but i'm i feel myself as a cyberpunk from a sort of a formation and um way of of uh, creating things and um that that was basically the cyberpunk money for me gotcha okay and no, i like that and i think it's fair that like um because of your experiences when you first read bitcoin you're going to see it from a perspective that helps you in the now right like well i've currently got these annoying frustrations with what i'm doing bitcoin resolves those and then you kind of see when you reread it you think about it again more of the kind of um the idealist point of view or the the idea that it can help people have um, financial independence um, I, I like that a lot. Uh, Ricardo, I'll pass to you for the next question. I wanted to ask you, what have you learned from Bitfinex's role as a pioneer in Lightning adoption? I know you guys were one of the first exchanges to implement Lightning. Um, can you share any interesting things uh, that you've discovered? Yeah, so first of all, I believe that uh, there are, so there are I would say two main concepts. But, uh, supporting Lightning is easier than what people make it sound. So uh, yes, we had to do some development work. At the same time, it was, first of all, exciting. And the second, it was, um, you know, it, it's much was much easier than implementing some other random blockchain. So um, it's a, quite a misconception that uh, actually is, is tough to manage and, uh, and um, you know, integrate with Lightning. Um, second is that we have seen uh, also, well, working with you guys, also a ramping adoption of, of Lightning work as soon as we started supporting it. We, are see, we have seen many, many clients, but many other hubs and so on, opening, uh, opening channels with us. So there is, there is interest. There was interest from the beginning. And uh, it also today we are seeing we are in this crazy moment when also McDonald's in, uh, in South Salvador is, uh, is uh, supporting lightning payments. So it's, it's beautiful and I'm so glad that uh, we, we start early because you acquired knowledge, you also, um, you, you also educate your customers, you, um, you show that there is a way for, for people to use Bitcoin for micropayments, super fast um, in pace in terms of payment speed as well as uh, is, is extremely cheap. So, um, you know, we have been uh, hearing uh, many uh, blockchains talking about uh, super cheap transactions and so on. And actually, um, you know, Lightning Network is super fast and is extremely cheap and is Bitcoin. It's interesting you mentioned like about, because I don't know how deep you are into like customer support and, uh, or even just like issues with the general uh, blockchains there are that you guys support. But um, just from my perspective, from dealing with customer support in, in different uh, crypto-based companies, um, usually when, when you're dealing with Bitcoin, things just are pretty straightforward. And it's kind of like if something goes wrong, it's pretty easy to see where and sort it quite immediately, basically. And not, not often does anything really go wrong, even on the side of the back end of the exchange, for example. Um, whereas with altcoins, it just seems like there's a problem every other day or somehow somewhere and you know something's gone wrong. And uh, I just always find it's a lot more complex and, and confusing to customers as well than it is with Bitcoin. Do you guys find that with, do you find that Bitcoin and Lightning just have less issues for like customer support and for actual technical wise, or are you just finding, am I just kind of you know, ad-libbing and putting words in your mouth here? Well, um, you know, you are preaching to the choir because I am actually one of the, the people that manage uh, in the company the blockchain nodes of probably is uh, one of probably the most the, the person that uh, manage most of them. And uh, so I hear all the complaints for all the from all the customers and uh, 
yeah, I think that, uh, you know, the, uh, it's really rare to have an issue on Lightning or Bitcoin. And um, I think I tweeted a few days ago about the fact that uh, with Bitcoin, you never have a problem, actually, with a Bitcoin, maybe say, main chain node, right? So it never goes down. We have tens of millions of addresses and it scales well, um, while, you know, on other blockchains, on altcoins, every other day, either node crashes or they have to have, they need to rush and upgrade. They have an R4. They, it, it's so, it requires so much time to, to manage all that, that this stuff, you know. While with Bitcoin, it's so easy, works well. It's a, you know, it's a simple piece of the puzzle, but it's the most important one. And it's the one that is like, is, is the pillar for, and it, it, many people say, well, Bitcoin does not, is, is, um, is more solid because it does not have all those functionalities. But actually, I don't want those functionalities in my core, right? When you, when you build a complex system, you're trying to separate the different layers in, in order that uh, every single layer can be as strong as possible. It's like, um, it, it's like trying to create a browser that runs internally also the Linux kernel and, have also, support, and also has support of the device driver for the printer, right? You don't do that, right? There is a kernel. There is the browser and so on, right? So that, that's how I see it. It's, it's, it's properly designed. And Lightning Network is the perfect example on how you can build um, a layer two that increase the, the, the speed the, the, and uh, the features, uh, the feature set of Bitcoin while using the, uh, the underlying, relying on the underlying security of Bitcoin itself. Yeah, I definitely get what you mean because I think um, it's, it's something we spoke to. So we spoke to uh, I think it was Giacomo Zuko potentially about this, and I think we've, we've asked uh, this actually to a few people that we've interviewed. Um, but like the big point from him was that essentially, uh, you know, Monero good idea, all these different things, and, and it does seem to function generally. But um, his criticism, I suppose, was that he doesn't want privacy necessarily, you know, privacy or lots of other things baked in on the on the base layer. And his argument was like, Look, let's just make the base layer simple as possible and then build on top so you've got like lightning you've got uh, rgb you've got pervious all these different like layer three layer two solutions um so i see where you're coming from and, and i guess it's like that classic people always use the internet don't they where you've got like tcp ip and all different layers yeah exactly creates the internet um but yeah i think um what you because you mentioned uh the different layers i suppose are there any like um projects that bitfinex is involved in at all or anything you guys are up to or anything that you see in the bitcoin world um that kind of excites you at the moment i suppose since um you know you seem pretty interested in like uh lightning and and, and the different layers so i think that's one one thing that uh, that uh, i find extremely interesting um now is uh, uh i would like to see um assets on, on Lightning, and uh, there are many projects that are actually competing for to achieve this, right? So there is RGB, for example, there is OmniLayer, uh, OmniBolt, that is a um, protocol built on OmniLayer. Um, you know, Tether started in 2014 from OmniLayer because it was the only, um, only uh, let's say, blockchain that was allowing color coins, uh, still relying on the security of the Bitcoin blockchain. So, um, and now there is a protocol called Omnibolt that, uh, that aims to implement um, um, support for, for assets, for Omni assets in a, with a lightning uh, base, uh, on a lightning based protocol. That is, um, well, similar, but is similar to RGB, similar in the sense that the intent is similar, but at the same time, the, 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 they have two quite diverse approaches. Um, 
also, um, I'm excited, for example, about, about Liquid, right? So I see Liquid as, you know, the enterprise solution for, for, for Bitcoin. So to remove still a lot of load from Bitcoin main chain, at the same time have these, first of all, using confidential transactions, confidential assets is quite cool because in many, many different um, applications, you actually don't want to show a transaction or the content of a transaction. And I'm talking about uh, specifically, uh, you know, securities trading, right? So if uh, if you, you if uh, basically you are sending some Apple shares, or you know, you are even if you have an NFT, NFT, you don't want your transactions to be public. Uh, let me give you an example. Right? You want to sell your Apple shares, you don't want to be front run. So you want might want to use confidential transactions. At the same time, you know, we are living this world of NFTs now, uh, and uh, one, and we are hearing people that in companies that are looking at uh, public uh, other you know altcoins blockchains to um, to store and use NFTs to print tickets, uh, movie tickets, theater tickets, um, stadium tickets, right? And I'm quite scared because in my opinion, if you don't add the layer of privacy there, it's, it's really dangerous, right? So because from a certain point of view, if like you are keeping all your tickets in uh, in your address, then I can recreate the history of your movements, um, and I can know. At, I I know that you've had the tickets for like um, an Italian um, theater to see. I know a ballet. I know that you were there that night, or at a certain point at that and uh, in, in that period at least, right? So it's all like metadata leaking, indirect metadata leaking that I'm I'm fearful, and I like the approach of Liquid in trying to use and push for confidential transactions. That's pretty cool. And I, I guess something that you mentioned was um, in there was like Tether and how it was built on the, on the originally, um, which I, I remember I didn't know that until I like looked into Tether more uh, about six months ago when I was looking at doing a video to explain what it is to people. Um, I just never, never noticed, I guess. Um, but yeah, when it comes to Tether, obviously that runs on um, Ethereum, Tron, I think Binance as well, potentially smart chain, like a few different, uh, I might be wrong on that one, a few different, um, actually, no, it's not Binance, is it? I don't think. It's no, it's, uh, yeah. uh, so it's uh, Omni, uh, EOS, uh, Ethereum, Tron, Liquid, um, Algorand, uh, and... Uh, and, couple, and we are working to integrate a couple of others. Yeah. So yeah, it felt like I was testing you there. <laughs> no, um, I, uh, no, I, because I, uh, to be fair, I mean, I've never been a massive fan of Tron, I guess, but to be fair, it's very usable because it's low fees, it's quick. I have ended up using it a fair bit to transact and send USDT, is, is what it is, I suppose. I have a, a tether related question also. Um, I know it gets a lot of criticism, but arguably it's like the second most important cryptocurrency behind Bitcoin. Um, what are your plans for Tether, like for the future? And where do you see Tether in a world where central banks might have their own CBDC uh, crypto fiat? So first of all, I yeah, I agree that uh, around Tether there is a lot of criticism, but you know, uh, the reason is that everyone tries to take a stop to, you know, the queen and not uh, you know uh, the the last of, of the last wheel, wheel right so um, um, and I'm not saying this in in, in a cocky way is like it is what it is right so you are the first one the, there is competition and uh, you know everyone tries to stay, take a stab at you um, so I don't, really don't mind that any um, uh, and uh, in in general I believe that the tether is in the right place to actually uh, become the um, the, a settlement network for a global world, right? So um, 
we be, we build tether in uh, first of all free so no uh, no transaction fees apart from the mining fees of course the blockchain fees and uh, we built tether in uh, multi chain we we came out with this solution because we thought that you know there is uh, some 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 sometimes seems like uh, blockchains are um, uh, are run by communities that hate each other and Partly is true, and uh, Tether could be the common denominator for all those. So we built Tether around that concept, as well as so we are working to uh, support projects that will bring Tether to Latin protocols. As said, uh, we work with uh, in, in uh, with RGB, with Omni, Bolt, and and uh, uh, with Liquid, and and so on. So that's basically um, that's that's basically what we are aiming for in the next uh, you know. Um, next uh, would say six to 12 months to have um, uh, diverse, diverse solutions for supporting uh, tether on uh, lightning protocols um, and uh, where we are going from here is uh, actually starting working more and more with uh, with uh, e-commerce and you know uh, trying to because tether we feel like tether is the perfect pro product is is not competing with bitcoin but it's complementary to bitcoin because it's like an easy entry point and can be a stable coin for the unbanked, right? So um, um, I, I think that that's that's the our our vision for Tether. So um, I hope that answers the question. Speaking of Tether, and I agree with your point because um, Tether has someone who you know lives in Nigeria and trying to escape hyperinflation. Tether is actually very useful. I think um, it has virtually replaced the USD as you know alternative to because you know getting access access to USD itself is actually very very difficult but um i'd like to ask and personally i do not uh, i do not believe that the criticism of tether is actually fair i actually see some elements rubbish but um out of curiosity i'd like to ask do you think that some of the i wouldn't call it witch hunt or but do you think some of the criticisms is uh, sponsored I remember um, this dude, Bitfinex, and he just popped out of nowhere and started getting lots of traction, you know, you know spewing lots of conspiracy theories, lots of which, you know, did my head in, you know, it, 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 I, I was like, dude, keep your head a wobble. But um, I, I personally, I felt like they coincided with the rise of, you know, all the stable coins. And do you think that it's your competition trying to, you know, Bring you down. You know, uh, I think that uh, that's uh, of course it's mining because uh, uh, you know I, I feel that uh, competition definitely um, is um, when you are in this in this emerging uh, market, uh, like uh, well, in emerging industry, like uh, we are, like with crypto and so on. Um, I'm not surprised. If, if, I would not be surprised if um, if the competitors were trying to use different tactics to take um, um, a fair bit of market share from Tether. Indiana said, "You, you, there is basically if you have the biggest stablecoin in the market that is like uh, it started from 100 percent, right? You have to take some something from 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 the biggest one, right? So you never look at." You, you never look at the third or the fourth or the fifth one, right? You always look at the biggest one and say, okay, I want to be that guy. So, okay, how do I do it? And sometimes you find yourself in a way that, you know, maybe is a market that you don't understand or is a market that, uh, you know, you uh, you didn't create and you, you use different techniques to get traction. So I, I don't know who is behind all this, uh, all this, uh, 
craziness around Tether. I believe that, you know, um, to be fair, Tether created the stablecoin market in 2014. There were no regulations. Uh, a super uncertainty is there is still uncertainty around crypto and stablecoins. But imagine 2014. So we spend a lot of time, a lot of energies to talk with regulators, to work with, uh, uh, with law, law enforcement agencies around the world to try to get um, a clear line of what we could do. And we, we are getting there. And we, so it's a growing process. It's a process where you, can, you always improve yourself and at the same time you improve the industry you are part of. And um, you know, the competition started in late 2018 when most of our work was done, right? So of course, we, from 2014 to 2018, we were the only one. So um, we set the, basically we set the path for everyone else. And then, uh, you know, you have this charming new competition that come out and, uh, and say, well, we will be better, right? And um, the market is proving them wrong in the end because, you know, we are the one that is still growing faster. You know, we were 62 billion beginning of August. We are 69 and almost and a half uh, today. And, the, the, you know, there is all this, um, all this stuff around Tether. You know, in 2014, there was, uh, sorry, in 2019, the Niagara thing came out, right? So, and we were $4 billion. Today, we are $69 billion. And in this span of time, all the, everyone said everything about Tether, yet the Tether basically grew from $4 billion to $69 billion. That is more than 3,000% increase. So maybe it means that uh, just the critics and just the witch hunters are just louder than the vast majority of people that actually are using Tether. You are saying, you are saying yourself, right? We are, we are there. So you will never see Tether looking for an IPO or to trying to raise funds in an endless fund, uh, you know, rounds of fundraising because we believe that you know we are making good money, but we are not here to you know to go public and have an exit strategy. We are part of the ecosystem. We want to remain part of the ecosystem. We have a mission. We want to create a better financial industry. So. Fine, let's, let's attack us, but we will not stand down, we will keep going.